What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Sunday, September 24th, 2023. Yes, Sunday. I'm not going to wait till Monday. I'll explain why in just a moment. My name is Kent Peterson. I'm the host of this show. And on today's show, we're going to recap everything that happened in week four. Oh my God, what a week it was. This was an insane day of football all the way through. I mean, Saturday was just nuts. Friday was fun. Um, I have a bit of a football hangover. You guys know when you drink and you have a hangover, one of the best things to do is just to get right back on the horse the next day, take another drink, and it kind of helps you out a little bit. That's what I'm doing right now. It's Sunday morning. Got the football hangover, so why not just get on the mic, start recording, talk about everything that happened yesterday. Man, it was a crazy day. I got, like, if you listen to Friday's episode, the Bet Big episode, I did terrible on my bets, but it didn't matter. Like, once I was down so far on my bets, I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to enjoy football. And that's exactly what I did. I mean, there were so many good games on, so many unexpected things that happened yesterday. Um, just a lot of fun, man. This was this is like one of those days that you dream about. It's why we talk about football all offseason. It's why we wait for it. It's why we plan our falls around these types of days. You just want to sit in front of the TV and watch everything that's happening. And man, we had a lot of crazy shit going on yesterday. But I want to take you guys back to Friday first. It was Wisconsin. It was Purdue. It was at Ross Aid night game. Um, Wisconsin ends up getting the win 38-17. to Good win for Wisconsin. This felt like a game that I, I was texting some friends. It felt like the game that Tanner Mordecai and the Wisconsin offense was starting to gel. Everything was coming together. We've heard so many people talk about this too. You got a transfer coming in, especially at quarterback, and it takes a while to get everything going. It takes a while to get acclimated to the coaching, to the new teammates and everything. And I feel like what we saw on Friday night was that culmination finally coming together for Wisconsin. I thought Mordecai looked good, but hey, listen, on the other side of the ball, I thought Hudson Card played pretty good. I thought he looked really sharp on Friday night. They couldn't get the win. They don't have, I, I think, you know, I even listened to some other podcasts and they were talking about the same stuff I was. We don't know what we're getting out of Purdue. Well, after Friday, I feel like we kind of know what we're getting. It's a not very good team. They're not going to score a lot. And if you have a decent offense, you're going to be able to move the ball on Purdue. And that's what we saw on Friday night. Uh, Mordecai, like I said, he was kind of showing off with his arm and his legs. He had two rushing touchdowns. Kind of the the storyline of the game was Wisconsin gets up 21-3 to in the first half, and it was just too much for Purdue to overcome because I really thought Purdue played better in the second half. Um, they're just not built for a comeback. And if you're following Purdue people on Twitter, or if you were just watching this game as a unbiased fan like I was, um, there were some questionable calls. Now, I will say that the calls were not the reason that Purdue lost the game. There was one call that I would say that I would really disagree with, and it was at the very end when uh, Wisconsin was up 30-17, to 17, Purdue starting to drive, and Hudson Card drops back and he gets sacked, and his arm's starting to come forward, and I thought it was an incomplete pass. Devin Mockaby thought it was an incomplete pass. He just kind of moseys over to the ball, picks it up, and you see on the sideline, like one of uh, Wisconsin's, like I, it had to be a defensive coach because he was all over this. He was like screaming, like, get on it, get on it, like, get the ball, get the ball. 
And uh, one of the linebackers comes up to Maccabi, kind of hits him, but really was going for the strip the whole time. Strips the ball, jumps on top of it. They review the play, and they rule it as a fumble. Now, like I said, I think it was an incomplete pass. And from that point on, was it was over right there. Because, you know, Wisconsin's up 30-17 to 17 at that point. And then they go on to score their final touchdown right after that. Um, it was... It felt like, especially because this was a standalone game, it felt like we kind of got robbed of what could have been a great ending. I still think that Wisconsin would have won the game. I think that they were playing well enough on offense that uh, even if Purdue scores and gets it to uh, 24 to 30 or whatever it would have been, um, it would have been 24 to 30 if Purdue scored a touchdown. I think that Wisconsin gets the ball back and they still either score or ice the game by uh, how well they were running the ball. Braylon Allen looked good. Um, Wisconsin looks good. It feels like Wisconsin is the team to beat in the West now. To me, to me, it's either them or Iowa. And uh, Iowa just dealing with so many injuries right now that um, I think that Wisconsin has a more complete team than them at this moment. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. Um, We'll get to the power rankings at the end as well. All right, uh, next game that we had. I'm going to go to the uh, noon game on Saturday. Now, I talked about how great yesterday was. I am a a stay-at-home dad. I've talked about this before. I'm a soccer coach. I'm a... Here's what my day looked like. I'm not even going to explain what I am, okay? I had to coach two soccer games yesterday, so I didn't get home until 12.30 Central Time. I live in the Central Time Zone. The Michigan game first quarter was already over, so... I missed the uh, the slant pass by Rutgers. I obviously saw the highlight by now, but the first uh, early strike by Rutgers really early in the game to go up 7-0 maybe had Michigan fans a little bit worried at the beginning, um, but that ended up being the only score that they got. I was in and out during the afternoon games. My son's iPad broke. I'm just explaining my life a little bit more. So I had to take it to the fix-it store. I had to go pick it up from the fix-it store. I had to pick up groceries. I was doing laundry yesterday. So um, some of these games I was like kind of in and out on in the afternoon, and then I was locked in at night. But uh, just wanted to put that preface on there. I did watch most of the second half of the Michigan game, and it was a quick second half. It felt like it was over right before it started because – there was only six possessions. I think the second half took like an hour, like total. And if for a game where Rutgers is trying to come back, they need quick scores. They need Michigan to get off the field quick. Didn't happen. Six total possessions, three for each team. Michigan had drives of eight minutes, five minutes, seven minutes. And then Rutgers themselves kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit, or in their foot, I should say. They have a 12-minute drive in the fourth quarter <laughs> that they turn it over on down. So... You have these long drives. I mean, the game was just basically over. It just felt like it was over so fast. And it wasn't over, though, because the over didn't hit for the fourth time in a row for Michigan this year, um, which I got into it on Twitter about how they're 0-4 against the spread, 0-4 on overs. Um, And people called me a loser because of that, because I was stating facts. Anyways, that's besides the point. What was the play of the game? It was the pick six. Mike Sainrustrill. Um, comes up, it was kind of a fake screen to the right. Wimsat faked it to the right. And then they came back and did a screen to the left. And, uh, Mike was all over it. He picks it off. It looks like he was down like live, never was down, put his hand on the ground, started running like the most athletic play I've ever seen from a defensive back. I think, um, that's what put Michigan up 24 to seven. That was in the third quarter. And it was kind of over from there. Blake Corum, 
Steady Eddie, 21 carries, 97 yards, two touchdowns. Michigan going to Nebraska next week. And I forgot to write down who Rutgers is playing, but I think we talk about it later. So we'll just get to that later. All right. Afternoon games. This is a game that I felt like I didn't have to watch. I felt like I wasn't supposed to have to watch this because it's Illinois, it's Florida Atlantic, and Illinois wins the game. Listen, that's the important part. They win 23 to 17. Florida Atlantic, they had, and I actually didn't learn this until late last week when I was listening to another podcast, they have a backup quarterback starting this game because last year's Nebraska quarterback, Casey Thompson, transferred to Florida Atlantic. He had a season-ending injury last week. So you think that you're going to be a little bit better. Uh, Here's what I was thinking going into this game. They got their backup quarterback in. This is what I'm thinking right before the game, especially. Illinois needs to get right. They need to have a game where they need to be impressive. And Florida Atlantic's down heavy, missing their quarterback. And they're already not very good. So I'm thinking, man, this is, I don't really have to watch this game. Nope, had to. Had to turn it on, had to put it on the big screen. Florida Atlantic's quarterback, I don't know his name. He's kind of a um, uh, thick kid, I would say. He's a little, he's not your typical quarterback when you're looking at him, but I thought he played great. He had good poise, throwing the ball around a little bit. And if you're Illinois and you're watching, matter of fact, if you're not Illinois, if you're an opponent of Illinois, like, and you're trying to scout for this game as a coach, there's nothing that's really scary about Illinois right now. Their offense isn't playing well. Their defense has got holes in it, and they're giving up big plays. They're giving up long drives. And, uh, you know, FAU should not score 17 points on Illinois. They just shouldn't, especially with the defense that they have, the front seven that they're supposed to have. Um, I just don't think FAU should be scoring 17 points, especially if your offense is only going to get 23 this was a game that I thought should be a blowout, and it wasn't. Illinois, like I said, wins twenty-three to seventeen. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not in love with Illinois. And I'm not in love with a lot of teams in the West. They're just not impressing me right now. Wisconsin and Iowa basically are the ones, and even Iowa this week. We're about to get to that in just a second. All right, another team in the West. We have Nebraska. They're playing Louisiana Tech. They end up winning the game twenty-eight to fourteen. They win by two touchdowns. That's great. Um, but this game was seven, seven at halftime, another game where I'm like, I probably shouldn't have to watch this game, but I need to flip it on because is Nebraska going to win? It looks like, uh, my questions were answered at the quarterback spot. Harburg is going to be taking over. He's got to be right. He's got 155 rushing yards in this game. He scores another rushing touchdown. He throws for a hundred and gets another touchdown in the air, which is like not impressive, but it's not bad. I mean, he did what he had to do to win the game. Um, this game, like I said, seven, seven at halftime. I think that Nebraska went into the second half of this game and said, we're going to kind of control the ball. We're going to give it to Anthony Grant. He's going to take over. And, uh, that's what he did. He had 135 yards himself and a touchdown. You look at those two numbers though, 155 yards from Heinrich. And then, uh, you get 135 from, uh, Grant. Let me do some quick math here. That's 290 yards right? 290 yards on the ground from two players. Um, So that's kind of the game plan that they have. We're going to rush the ball in the second half and that's how we're going to win the game. I like, I like Harburg because, 
Anytime that you got a dual threat quarterback, I think he throws the ball fine. I think they need to let him throw it a little bit more, maybe. Um, maybe not next week, though, because they got Michigan coming to town. But um, anytime you have a quarterback, though, that is just as good as a running back when he pulls the ball down, it gives you such an advantage because if you just think about it, when you hand the ball off to a running back, you got nine guys blocking because the quarterback's not going to be blocking, right? And the running back's not blocking for himself. So that leaves you with nine. When you have a quarterback, you got 10 guys blocking. So it gives you an extra man advantage on offense when you have a guy that's so lethal with his legs. And I think Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Harburg, I was thinking about Harbaugh because I wrote down Michigan's coming to town next week. I think Harburg is one of those guys that is so good with his legs, it gives you that little extra advantage with the extra blocker. So uh, look for him to keep going. Um, look for him to be the starter taking over. I think he's got to be the guy taking over. I think we're done with Jeff Sims at this point. All right, our next game. The game I thought I was going to have to watch. I was all twisted in the afternoon. I was like, all right, I'm going to have to watch this Michigan State-Maryland game because is Michigan State going to bounce back after last week when they got blown out against Washington? Or is Maryland just that goddamn good? And it looks like Maryland is that good because Michigan State, I mean, they are... <laughs> I'm thinking of like... This summer when they were talking about, we'll take you out to the deep water. Well, they're out there, baby, and they are drowning. They are not playing well. Um, it feels like deja vu in their defensive backfield because Leah has 223 yards passing and three touchdowns. Can they get a stop on defense? I meant to look this part up, too, and I forgot to. Um, I had somebody texting me that Michigan State just kept turning the ball over. How many turnovers exactly did they have? Um, I don't think Maryland played their A game. I don't think this was their best game they could have played, and they still won by 22 points. So if you're doing that, you're not playing good competition. And at this point, you have to say that Michigan State is not good. Uh, all right, let's go to the turnovers. Where were they at? Okay, five turnovers. They they lost. Uh, they had three fumbles, lost two of them, and threw three picks. Oof. Noah Kim, Offensive Player of the Week two weeks ago, and... Uh, now they're calling for him to be benched. I'm hearing Michigan State fans say they want Caitlin Hauser to be the guy. Man, that's tough to go from Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week to uh, all your fans want to see you on the sideline. All right, for Maryland, though, like I said, wins 31-9. to This is like a just kind of a walkover win for them. And they did the walking in the backfield. It's so interesting what they're doing in the backfield because going into the season, I thought they were just going to lean on Roman Hemby and he was going to be the guy, but you're seeing uh, McDonald, MacDonald, and you're seeing uh, Little, is it Littleton? Yes, it's Littleton. I wrote down Little, what did I write down? Litton. That's not his name at all. It's Littleton, the third, the second, Littleton. Anyways, doesn't matter. Hemby, it does matter because he's a good player. Hemby, MacDonald, and Littleton are all kind of splitting carries, so it's very interesting how uh, I think Maryland kind of keeping their running backs fresh, especially in a game where they were going to win the whole time. I mean, even if it got like a little bit close in this game, Maryland had to be thinking, I mean, Michigan State's just going to turn it over again. It's not a big deal. Uh, the Terrapins have Indiana coming to town next week and Michigan State tough game going out to Iowa. Man, are they going to win again this year? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You got to feel bad for Michigan State. You got to feel bad for the players, everything they're going through. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right. The night games. We're cruising right along. 
Only 15 minutes so far. That's pretty good. Um, I'll start with Indiana versus Akron, even though this was the game that got over last because it went to four overtimes. I didn't watch this game. Listen, I have Ohio State, Notre Dame, and I have Penn State, Iowa, and I have two TVs. Now, can I put the YouTube TV multi-view on? Sure. And on a side rant, let me talk to YouTube TV one more time. I'm not going to say this ever again. Your multi-view, you need to be able to customize that. I need to be able to put on the four games that I want to watch, not the ones that you guys picked for me. I read online that it's coming, but it needs to come faster. Come on, YouTube TV. Get on it. Come faster. <laughs> that sounded weird. Uh, anyways, because of that, those two other big games that were on, um, I just had those on the main screens because I was like, these are the games I really want to watch. But I ended up watching all four of the night games because one went to overtime, one went to four overtimes, and this is the one that went to four overtimes. Um, I hope you were listening last week. I hope you were listening because I said, this feels like a game that Cam Camper is going to score his first touchdown. And guess what? He did. So if you're in a state that has prop bets on Cam Camper scoring a touchdown in this game, I hope you put it in. I told you to, and he did it. It's casual Big Ten, but, you know, sometimes the insights are not casual, baby. Um, I turned this game on at the third overtime, I think it was. In fact, I didn't even know this game was in overtime because, uh, you know, I'm watching the tail end of the Ohio State game, and then I'm like, oh, crap, Northwestern's coming back. And then that game gets over. And then I was like, wait, I even tweeted this out. Wait, Indiana's in overtime right now, too? I didn't even know. Um, so I basically saw the last two touchdowns. And then I haven't seen a fourth overtime in a while. I forgot that the rule was at the fourth overtime, you just do two-point conversions. Indiana gets theirs. Uh, Akron does not. Listen, like I said about Illinois, Indiana, you won the game. That's the important thing. You got the win. And you move on. You survived and advanced, I guess. You advanced to next week. I guess that's important. Um, but Indiana's not good. I talked about this last week. Akron is a really bad MAC team. They're really bad. You should not be in a game with them. You certainly shouldn't be in overtime with them. And you definitely shouldn't be in four overtimes with them, barely holding on to a win. Um, like I said with Maryland, uh, Indiana is going to Maryland next week. That's going to be a loss for them. I mean, Maryland's just too good for them. Uh, we'll talk about that on the Kickstart episode. And then uh, we'll just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You're 2-2 two and two right now if you're Indiana. But like I said with Michigan State, it's hard to find more wins for some of these teams, like definite wins. I just don't see many for Indiana at this point. All right. Then we had some fireworks going on at night. We have the... Uh, Oop, I forgot to change my screen here. We have Iowa and Penn State. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this. Um, there's a big separation between the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. If an alien came down from outer space and they were like, oh, man, I really like uh, Big Ten football. I like the teams and the colors and stuff. This is so cool. Can you guys explain to me like the divisions? I would take that alien and I would sit him down next to me and have him watch this game because last week I said that this might be a preview of the Big Ten Championship. Um, it still could be, by the way. That's that's not extremely far-fetched. That To say that Iowa's going to win the West is not far-fetched at all. They basically have to do better than Wisconsin at this point, I think. Um, 
But you say that these are the two two of the better teams in each division. And then you watch this game and it's like 31 to 0. What the hell? They shouldn't even be in the same conference. It's ridiculous. Um Drew Aller or Aller. I've heard it pronounced both ways. I'm going to call him Drew Aller. Um people keep questioning him. I think he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. I haven't questioned him at all. I think people think he's a freshman. He's not. He played last year. He had some opportunities last year to play Big Ten football. He's already done it. This is his second year. I talked about this before. It's like what J.J. did at Michigan. He had a year where he played a little bit, and then last year was his sophomore year, and they went to the college football playoff. Why is it different with Drew Aller, who was more highly recruited and maybe on a better team this year. I don't understand I don't understand the disrespect or the questioning. Oh, this is Drew Aller. Last week it was, oh, this is Drew Aller's first road game. It's his first time being outside of Beaver Stadium. Let's see how he does. Uh did fine. Did fine at Illinois last week. Oh, this is uh is white out. I don't know if I don't know if Drew Aller's ready for this environment. Is he ready for this? I don't know. It's going to be a big game. Iowa coming to town. Is he ready for that defense? Uh, Did pretty fucking good. Four touchdown passes. Pretty easy, I feel like. Iowa defense, like, they played fine. I thought they did a good job shutting down the run with those great uh, Penn State running backs. They did okay. They kind of held them in check a little bit. But they were outmatched this whole game. Here's the Iowa ineptitude stats of the week. 79 total yards for Iowa on offense. 23 rushing yards. Yikes. 56 passing yards from a... Uh, from. <laughs> Listen, okay. Cade, I love you, brother. He's hurt right now, or he's dealing with some sort of injury. He's also got nobody to throw it to. He's got no help. He had no running backs behind him, no help whatsoever. So I'm not blaming Cade, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm hearing things going into this game where like, oh, Cade, Cade, he he knows about this environment. He knows what he's doing. He won Big Ten before. He's good. He'll be fine in this game. Will he? 56 passing yards, zero points. Yikes. Brian Ferentz, hot seat, activated. Um, Four first downs for Iowa. This was insane to me. I don't know if I've ever seen a lower time of possession from a big-time college football game. 14 minutes and 33 seconds. That means that Iowa had the ball for less than a quarter of this game. And Penn State had the ball for more than three quarters of the game. They had the ball in their hand. You're not going to win. Unless you're scoring touchdowns in in two plays, you're not going to win a lot of games like that. Um, worried about Iowa. Not worried about Penn State. They go to Northwestern next week. I think that's another easy win for them. They are just cruising through this schedule. I mean, they look like the best team. They just do. They just look like the best team. Um, and then Iowa has Michigan State coming to town next week. Yikes. We watching that game? I think I will. I think I have to. I think I need to. I think I need that game. <laughs> Iowa versus Michigan State next Saturday. You boy. All right. Uh, here was a great game, though. Minnesota at Northwestern. Minnesota, again, was favored by 11 points in this game. Northwestern wins the game. I forgot to write it down. What am I doing today? Was it 31 to 24? Was that the final score? I think it was. Wrong. It was 37 to 34. 
Um, like I said, I had Iowa Penn State on one TV. I had the game of the week on the main TV, which I'll talk about last. Um, so I didn't see a lot of this game, but once Ohio State's game was over, I was told that Northwestern is coming back. I was like, no shot, brother. No shot. I just saw Minnesota when I checked my phone was up by 21 going into the fourth quarter. There's no shot Northwestern's coming back. Might be a little cute comeback. Hey, they're going to come back. They're going to make it interesting and lose by seven. Cool. Nope. That's not happening. Down 21, Ben Bryant puts the team on his back. Uh, 400 passing yards for Ben Bryant in this game. 400 passing yards. Uh, connects with A.J. Henning to tie the game. Um, I thought that they were going to go for two. They tied the game with like less than 30 seconds left in the game. Uh, maybe even less than 10 seconds left. I can't remember at this point. Um, thought they would go for two right there and try to beat Minnesota right at home, walk it off. They didn't. They kicked the extra point. We go to overtime. Minnesota drives down. In fact, Minnesota, I thought was going to score easily. They get a couple runs and they get right down there close. Um, and then the Northwestern defense kind of, you know, kind of buttons it up a little bit. They get a stop on third down. Minnesota has to kick the field goal and they go up by three, giving Northwestern a chance to score a touchdown to win the game in the first overtime, the only overtime, because that's exactly what Northwestern did. Beautiful, absolutely gorgeous play call on the first down play coming out first down. They have a tight end on the right. This is Northwestern. Ben Bryant fakes it. He does a little play action and rolls out to the right, to the side that the tight end was on. All the receivers from the left side of the formation run slant routes and post routes to the right. The whole play is going to the right. The tight end that started on the right runs like an arch or a loop pattern, whatever you want to call it kind of like a fade over to the back corner where nobody's at. There was a linebacker guarding him for about two seconds, and then he stopped and went to an underneath route that was coming across the middle of the formation. He stopped. Tight end just goes right past him, wide open. The safety was looking at what it would have been to his left because the play was rolling to the right for the offense. Safety's looking at everything that's going to his left, doesn't see the tight end like kind of sneaking out to his right, Wide open, catches it on like the seven-yard line, walks in for the touchdown. Northwestern wins. Two and two on the season. One win away from the over. Um, I'm pulling receipts, man. That's what I was doing last night. I don't want to sit here and say I'm the smartest podcaster that's ever existed when it comes to Big Ten football because I'm certainly not that. I do it for fun, and I do it because uh, I like to do it. It's a fun hobby. Like I said, I do it for fun. I I uh, implore you to find another person who said in June that Northwestern was going to win this game, stuck with it pretty much the whole summer. I didn't call it last week. I didn't say they were for sure going to win last week, but I did take Northwestern in the points. I took the over, um, and I was right. God damn it. I'm just going to say it. I was laughed at. I was scoffed at on Twitter. People said I was an idiot. Said there's no shot Minnesota's going to win or lose, I should say, to Northwestern. And uh, hey, uh, who's stupid now? It's not me. It's not me. I felt great about this. I don't have anything against Minnesota whatsoever. 
I just didn't think that they had a great team this year. I thought Northwestern would play kind of tough in this game. It's at home. I knew that going into the year. And uh, I called it. I was right. And uh, screw all of you that said that I was going to be wrong about this because I'm a genius. All right. The game of the week. Speaking of things I got right and wrong. <laughs> got this one. Listen, here's what, how I feel about this game. Ohio State wins a game against Notre Dame. This is a huge win for Ohio State. Let's not get this twisted. 17 to 14, they win the game on a walk-off, basically walk-off. They put one second back on the clock for no reason. But uh, a walk-off win for Ohio State, essentially. I felt like, now, I got I was wrong because I said Notre Dame was going to win. I thought they would win by closer to 10, I said. Um, they were up by four. They probably should have won by four. I felt like I called this game correctly. I, I thought that uh, Notre Dame had a better team. I thought they had athletes that could match up with Ohio State. And I still feel that way. I feel like they were in this game. I feel like they should have won this game. I really do feel like Notre Dame really should have won this game. But um, I'm not taking anything away from Ohio State. Listen, this was an instant classic. This game was fun from the beginning to the end. If you didn't like it at the beginning because there wasn't a lot of scoring, you just don't like football. This was a great matchup. I thought the defenses were playing great. I thought that the calls were were fair the entire game. There was some there was they let them get away with a lot of um pushing and shoving on the pass interferences, but they were letting them do it both ways. So I thought it was a fair game. It was an aggressive game. It was a tough nose game. Um and Ohio State deserves all the credit. Listen, Notre Dame blew the game. But you can't say that Notre Dame blew the game without also saying that Ohio State took advantage of every opportunity that they were given. Notre Dame gets the ball back. They have the lead. Ohio State goes, uh, they don't go four and out, but they drive down. They get close. They're like inside the 20. And then they uh, come up short on a fourth down where they tried to do a sweep. Um, and Notre Dame stopped them. So Notre Dame gets the ball with four minutes and 12 seconds left. I think Ohio State had two timeouts left. Um, that should have been the game. If you're a Notre Dame fan, crowd's going ape shit. It's night. Everyone's wearing green. Uh, people are starting to talk about Ryan Day, how bad he is on Twitter. And they can't ice the game. They can't run off four minutes of clock to finish off one of the biggest games that's happened at that stadium in the last 10 years. They can't do it. They can't do it. So they end up getting a first down. I think they got, actually, it's funny because they threw for a first down on, on first down. They gave it to Estime on uh, the second play, which was a first down. He got a first down. So it's like, oh, man, this is over. Ohio State says, mm, not so fast, my friend. They get a stop. Notre Dame has to punt. There's like a minute left, and Ohio State starts driving. Here's what happened on the last drive, if you didn't see the game. Ohio State converts a third and 10, a fourth and seven, and a third and 19 with 15 seconds to go. There's 15 seconds left in the game. Why was there a third and 19? Well, it should have been a third and nine, I think. But there was an intentional grounding call on Kyle McCord. Go Questionable. Maybe not. I thought it was a decent call. It was fine. It didn't matter, though. Because they get pushed back to third and 19. There's 15 seconds left. All Notre Dame has to do is get get through two more plays and they win the game. They can't do it. 
uh, McCord connects with, I think that one was Fleming. It might've been, uh, Harrison. I can't remember at this point. Um, and then they get down to the goal line. They, uh, Ohio state throws a pass. It's incomplete. Four seconds left. And Notre Dame brings out after a timeout, they bring out 10 guys on the field. No defensive end on the right side of their defense, which would have been the left side of the offense for Ohio state. That's exactly where they ran it. Uh, Tratum, right? Traitman, Traitman, Trait. What's his name? What was his name? I can't. I can't remember his name. It wasn't Henderson, though. It was the other guy. Oh my God! I feel so bad. I forgot his name. He was the one that scored the game-winning touchdown. Traitum, Traitum, Chip, Chip Traitum. That's his name. Sorry, Ohio State fans. I knew his name. Chip Traitum uh, dives into the end zone. Gets the touchdown. They review it for no reason because it was a clear touchdown. Um, Ohio State goes up by three. They win the game. They had to kick off, and there was like a they kicked it out of bounds, which was insane. And then Notre Dame tried to do a couple pitches, and they got stopped. Wins the game. Listen, huge game. Top ten team on the road. Uh, Ryan Day going crazy after the game, calling out eighty-five year old Lou Holtz because he said that they were soft or whatever he said. Uh, going crazy. You can have your own opinion about that press conference or that interview afterwards. Ohio State's good though. They're great. They're top three team in the big 10. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a great win for them. I thought that they battled. I thought it was a, a gritty win for them, which they haven't had to have a lot of those because they're a team that usually wins big and, uh, they usually win big often. Now I was going to bring up my power rankings and I forgot to add it to my screen. So I'm going to do that right now. As soon as I can get to it, here's my power rankings. Oh, there they are. Just popped them right up there. Let me make them a little bigger for you guys so you can see it. All right, let's get to the power rankings as always. Uh, messed up on my slideshow, but that's okay. I'll just leave it on OSU Notre Dame. Forgot to make the last two slides. That's all right. It's okay. It's okay. We got the week four power rankings. Listen, I still have Penn State number one. I think that they've beaten, they beat West Virginia. I know West Virginia isn't great, but they, I think West Virginia is three and one right now. So they beat a good team in West Virginia. They beat them handily. They beat everybody handily, you know, and then they have a top 25 team come into their house and they beat them by 31 points. Now, if you're an Ohio State fan, you might say, well, hey, wait a minute. We just beat a top 10 team on the road. You did, but you beat them by three. And uh, for all intents and purposes, I think you should have lost the game, to be honest. Like I said, I think you should have lost the game. So uh, I still think that Penn State is the most impressive team. They're the most complete team. So I'm leaving them at number one. Ohio State is right there. They're almost like 1A to me. But uh, I do rankings fairly, so I'm going to just say that they're number two. Uh, Michigan is number three. Very complete team. They haven't played anybody yet, though. Their best win is Rutgers, so you can't be any higher than three. Maryland, very impressive out of the East. Uh, convincing win against Michigan State. Um, have two 14-point comebacks in the first half. So I think that they're a very good team. They just got some tough games coming up. Wisconsin, the uh, number one team out of the West for me at this point, handles Purdue on the road this week, so they're jumping up a spot. Rutgers, I didn't penalize a bunch because, yeah, they got they got beat by 24, but they were playing Michigan. So it's like, and, and then you look below them. Who are you putting above Rutgers at number six right here? Are you putting Iowa above them who lost by 31? No. Um, I have Northwestern all the way at number eight. 
excuse me, number eight. And that's because I have to have them in front of Minnesota because they beat Minnesota. And they have two wins now. So uh, Minnesota, number nine. I have Nebraska at number 10. This is all like up for debate, I, I guess. Anything after eight and nine is like you can do whatever you want, really. And no one's going to argue with you. Um, or maybe they will. I mean, I'll look at my Twitter mentions here in a second. I'm sure people are pissed off still. Illinois, number 11. Uh, I have Indiana at 12. I did get pushback on that. I, I heard somebody say that uh, Purdue should be in front of Indiana. How, though? They have one win. And their one win was against Virginia Tech, who is ass, by the way. I got to pull this up because I forgot who. <laughs> Virginia Tech's won one game this year. And they lost to somebody really bad yesterday. And it was the exact same score that uh, Purdue beat them by. Who'd they just lose? To? Oh, you're not going to show me the scores? You're just going to bring up the schedule? Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, so they beat Old Dominion. They lost to Marshall yesterday. Marshall. Marshall. They lost to Marshall 24 to 17. Exact same score that Purdue beat him by. So Purdue, you're Marshall. That's what you are. You're exactly Marshall. <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say here? I don't know. I can't put them any higher. Michigan State's last. I don't know if they're going to win again. They seem like a broken team. Um, and I was advised by my Michigan State friends to put them last. So I'm going to take their advice. I actually had them above Purdue at first because Purdue's only got one win. I mean, Purdue's got one win. What do you want me to do here? I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know what you want me to do. It's Virginia Tech. They're terrible. They're so bad. Anyways, uh... That's the show. I'm putting this out on Sunday. I usually wait till Monday, but like I said, this is like the hangover cure right here. Man, I, I, I went long for those last games. Exciting week. Exciting week. I will be back on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday with the kickstart episode. And as always, we'll be back on Friday. If you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're listening on a podcast, give me five stars and uh, we will see you guys in the future.